located at 1720 North J Street. Because we have with us our senior pastor, Elder O'Neill Madden, and his precious wife. Elder O'Neill Madden has been pastoring close to 15 years at this point. He has been blessed to be married this coming September 8th to be 21 years. Happy years. Amen. His wife said, yes, yes. It's good when the husbands can boast about it. But it's even greater when the wife can agree with them. And she's doing just that. He'll share some more about that perhaps a little later. Nonetheless, we have prayed for the listening audience, those who are listening to us on KKVV, 1060 AM, those who are watching live today at www.abundantlifelv.org. We are thrilled that you could join us on this momentous occasion. They'll officially join us on September 8th, but currently they're here visiting with us and fellowshipping with the body. And so we will hear from pastor, our senior pastor, Elder O'Neill Madden, in a few moments. But before we hear from him on this high day, we will be favored with a sacred selection, after which you'll hear from senior pastor, Elder O'Neill Madden, hear ye him. Born alone and left to die, rejected, hugged, and criticized, hid behind the childhood lies. Everything has changed since the blood, and since the blood, and since the blood, and oh, the blood. Born alone and left to die, rejected, hugged, and criticized, hid behind the childhood lies. Everything has changed since the blood. It's falling harmless since the blood. And gave me purpose since the blood. It says it's for us since the blood. Who can be against us? Hope is falling from the air, reaching, but no hand was there. Screaming, crying, no one cares. I might as well have died, but the blood, falling harmless, but the blood, and gave me purpose, but the blood, it says it's for us. Hold the blood, who can be against us? Oh, the cleansing power that takes the guilt away. The lamb is sacrificed, now we no longer fear the grave. No more condemnation, the debt of man was paid. By the blood, therefore the blood, by the blood, therefore the blood. Now we are never alone, your love that makes us strong. Now we have power to move on. Never, we are never alone, never alone. Your love that makes us strong, how we have power 
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, he washed white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt this life come from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debts and raised this life come from the dead what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Jezreel Brown, thank you very much. Very, very, very good. Thank you very much. Um, um. Um, <laughs> the last time I was here, the 26th of May, I'll never forget that day, never. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you, um, um, I have to stop saying that. I'll tell you something that I believe that God wanted me to be uh, here on that day, the 26th of May, 2012. I believe that the Lord um, wanted us to fellowship together. I received confirmation on that, that Sabbath morning after prayer. Because I was asking myself, Lord, what am I doing here? In, in fact, I had no intention to leave where I'm presently pastoring. No intention. Um, we have been praying. Just the possibility of it, you know, we have been praying about it. Um, but I came here to fellowship and I believe that God had a mission, but not for me to come to pastor this church. But I have to say that I was blindsided by God. Sometimes God does strange things. First of all, and next time I come, I will tell you the full testimony. I'll hold that on a, as a cliffhanger for you uh, on the 8th of September, hopefully. Uh, that date is our scheduled date to formally come here. But I'll tell you, I had three prayers. And one was that uh, my wife. And I thought that would be relatively safe. Uh, my wife, we are quite comfortable where we are. Uh, we have grown up in that area for uh, some 25 plus years. I have been in... The territory that I'm in, um, I went to high school on the East Coast between New York, Boston, uh, Montreal, and I love the East Coast, and I'm quite comfortable there. And from coming from Jamaica, from an age of a uh, young age, uh, I won't tell you, but a young age, um, I, I've been living in that region for about 36 years, and that is home. That is home. Uh, I know all the bicycle path. I know all the shortcuts. Uh, I know every crevice of Montreal. And in fact, that corridor between Montreal to New York, I know it so well. I could drive it backwards. 
you know, that's home. And there is no way that I would be coming this side of the <laughs> continent. But I'll tell you something. I, I prayed. Have you ever prayed a prayer and you know that the answer, what the answer was going to be? Well, I, I sensed what the answer was going to be because, first of all, my wife, she would have to give me some indication that, you know, she'll be willing. And after praying, uh, going to my wife, I met her in the hallway coming out of her bedroom. I was coming from downstairs, and I rem just remember that expression. And she said, you know, O'Neill, how do you know that God is not calling you into that area? If you should say yes, I will go. And I was shocked. In fact, I was shocked for a, a few days because <laughs> I said there's no way that my wife, you know, she is someone that is, you know, women, I guess. They're, when they are secure, when everything is safe, you know, you know, they, she's, I knew what she was going to say. So I was praying a prayer because I know my wife is going to say no. And I'd have to call your conference president and you all and say, well, I'm sorry, it's not going to work out. The family is not with the plan. And I'll be left off the hook. I prayed. The Lord answered and so forth. But it blew up in my face. And I said, Lord, maybe you're doing something here. And But my wife, when she said that, it just, I mean, I was floored. Now, I just want to take the opportunity to uh, introduce you to my wife. She's the reason, I would say a third of the reason why I'm here, why we're here. All right. Sister Anne-Marie Madden. Sister Madden, my beloved wife. All right, you're going to meet our children. Uh, my son, he's going to be heading back to Oakwood. Our son, he's going to head back to Oakwood uh, in about two weeks, so you won't be seeing him until Christmas time. Uh, but you will be seeing Crystal, a feisty, talkative, singing, artistic, um, boisterous child. Crystal, um, you will get to know her, and believe you me, you will remember her. <laughs> but I'll tell you something that uh, my wife is basically the one that started the, ro the ball rolling. And I'm going to be um, outlining to you uh, some of the reasons why we are here and some of the things that God has showed us uh, why we need to come here. But I'm going to ask you all to hold back. I'm going to tell you nothing but the truth, the whole truth, come September the 8th, hopefully when we begin here. Amen? Amen. Will you be patient with us? Will you be patient with us? I want to thank you, church, uh, for allowing us to uh, linger a little longer. I know that you wanted to have the, uh, the installation and everything right away, as Pastor uh, Leroy was telling me. But um, unfortunately, I have to do my closing up, my transition, and just allow the Lord to work. And so we're going to be outlining everything to you when we come back in September the 8th. Amen? Amen. But it's good to be with you. Now, I don't want to take much time because uh, we have some feasting uh, to do. A double feasting at this table and the table that is assembled in the fellowship hall. And so at this time, I just want to encourage you in the Lord. As we open up uh, this service in our communion service today... I want to open up with the scripture that we uh, read uh, earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. And it reads, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Wherefore, therefore, ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Let us pray. Eternal God, again, we are your people. We need to be fed. 
And Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is present here today. We ask, Lord, that you will connect your people with your word and that your Holy Spirit will cause such a miracle to occur in our lives. I pray, Father, that you will bless each and every person within the hearing of my voice. I pray, Father, that you will bless the indifferent. Bless those, Lord, that's going through trials and tribulation. Bless them and help them to know, Father, there is no place like this place, anywhere near this place. So this must be the place because God is here. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will lead us now as we open up this session and lead us into a higher heights, into a greater commitment, greater conviction, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so the Bible tells us, wherefore, therefore he eat, whether therefore he eat or drink or whatsoever he do, that we should do this to the glory of God. It's very important for us to understand the importance of this very day that we are having right now. Uh, too many times as I was uh, instructing the deacons and the deaconess and elders last night, too many times we uh, enter into these rituals, communion services, the ordinance of humility, and we, 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 we take this as nothing. We don't realize the importance of what God wants to do for us. And so sometimes we eat in an unworthy manner. Sometimes we drink in an unworthy manner. Sometimes we don't understand the true intent of what God wants to do in our lives. Sometimes you don't realize your purpose, that God has a mission for you. And that God, he wants to pour out such a blessing up on us. And so we, we carry on as just coming to church and taking on these rituals, but we do not understand that there is a blessing in store for you. There is some that walked through the church doors and came on the lot of this church, and you thought that you were just coming to church. You thought that you were just coming to sit with the saints. You thought that you were just coming just to show up. And just to drop your tithe, to show that you are a member in good and regular standing. But God wants more from you. It's very important for us to understand that God has a mission for each and every one of us. And each of us must have an ambition to allow God to have his way in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so church, today, the Bible is telling us that as we prepare to eat, as we prepare to drink, that whatsoever we do, we must do it to the glory of God. If it is to the glory of man, if it is to the glory of the pastor, if it's to the glory of your parents or the onlookers, don't do it. It has to be to the glory of God because God is expecting you to stand forth because he has a special blessing in store for you. The Bible tells you in verse, uh, verse 32 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Give none offense, whether to the Jews or Gentiles, nor to the church. And Paul's aim was not to offend any. Paul, he had an uh, aim to reach out to everyone. To, so to the Jews, he became a Jew. To the Greeks, he became a Greek. To the Gentiles, he became a Gentile that he may win some. And so we got to understand that God has put us in this whole area here for us to win one another, for us to encourage one another. Too many times in church, we, we live in uh, an exclusive way. We live in our, in our little cocoons. We live in our Adventist villages. We live in our own way, thinking that, listen, that, you know, that this is, this is the way we do things around here. And, we f and others that come in, they feel unwelcome. One thing that we have to realize that this church is a hospital and is a hospital for sinners. Uh, sometimes when you walk in the hospital wards, you could smell these smells that, I mean, it is beyond comprehension. 
you could smell all of these uh, wonderful, glorious smells that should never even come close to man's nose. But listen to me. I want you to know that this place is a hospital. And so within the hospital, you're going to have the sick and the afflicted. You are going to have those that are getting well. It's those that is, uh, that is going through struggles and tribulations. It's a hospital. And so within this hospital, you are going to find sinners. You're going to find drunks. You're going to find prostitutes. You're going to find all kinds of different people. I always say to my church, if you fill this church up with all of these sinners, prostitutes, and drunks, and I'm smelling it in the church, I'm okay with it. Because at least I know that they're here. And if I could bring all of Vegas into this church and pack them, pack the gamblers and the prostitutes and all the mobsters and everyone in church, that's all right. Because this is where God wants them to be. Amen? And so church, we have to understand the reason for this communion. In fact, we got to understand that communion is not just a word. So many times we take the word communion. As soon as we hear the word communion, we think of the wine glass and we think of the bread. But really, that word communion, it is very closely associated with a Greek word, koinonia, which means fellowship. It's a, it's a, a place where people come together and recognize their oneness in the Lord. It's a place where all cultures meet, a place where the Jews, the Gentiles, where the Haitians, the Jamaicans, where those from Bermuda, from those from Central America, those from Europe, those from Romania, Sabata Filicit, I think we had a Romanian here, right? We Right, we, 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 we come together in one place to do what? To worship God. That's what it's all about. And the communion service is a symbol of that. It is a symbol of the oneness that we share with God. I was appalled when um, I went over to wash uh, my, brother, my brother's feet. And I washed the brother's feet and... Um, just between, I, you know, came out and I walked through the church and I noticed that there are a lot of people that remained in church. Uh, I, I wondered about that and I'm saying, the, do we understand the importance of this? Now, I'm not throwing stones and so if you remain in church here, don't feel heated. Uh, I, I just want to highlight this. You know, the Lord wants us to enter into fellowship, into oneness, where we are understanding what God wants to do for us. He wants to bring us into one commonality. Uh, we don't want to have a, 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 a church where there are exclusive individuals. We don't want to have a church where individuals are in cliques. We want to have a church where the Holy Spirit can freely go about the church. And this is the apostolic church that we saw in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit, it says they were all in one accord, in one place, and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And so church, we have to understand the importance of what we are doing here. And it's all about fellowship, all about getting to know one another. As a church, it's very important for us to understand that God has placed us together here for us to grow to know one another in the faith. If we can't get it together in the church, what business do we have in evangelizing? If we can't get it together in our homes, what business do we have doing anything outside? And so God has called us into this wonderful fellowship. You know, each and every one of us, we have a desire to live. Everyone in this place, we have a desire to live. 
There is a dear sister I was impressed to visit on Tuesday, just before our departure on Wednesday morning. And so Sister Pauline Chin, a noble worker for God, if she was here today, she would be dressed up as a deaconess. Sister Pauline Chin, Chin uh, a Jamaican, she got the news a few years ago that she had cancer. And she went through one bout of uh, chemotherapy and radiation, and that was okay for now, but a few years later it came back, and she went through another uh, treatment of chemotherapy and radiation, and that was okay, but later last year it came back. And so while I was getting ready, my wife and myself, um, getting ready, I said, I have to go and see Sister Chin. She is in the hospital. And so on Tuesday morning, I went to see her. And I prayed with her. And she was so positive. Sister Chin was a lady that in spite of the cancer that she had, if she knew there was communion, she would dress up, ready to serve ready to work in spite of her sickness that didn't hold her back she was there at the door as an usher welcoming people even though she was just uh, rackled in pain she was serving she was a faithful faithful soldier for god and so sister chin was a lady that i mean when i saw her on her bed I reflected over some members in church who uh, they complained that, oh, it's too hot in church. Uh, we're not coming to church because the air conditioning unit is not working. Oh, or this sister, she crossed me and she gave me the bad eye. So I'm not coming to that church. They're so unloving. Oh, I'm not coming to church because... You know, that person refused last time. I wanted to wash that person's feet. I'm not, I'm not coming to church. And they're individuals. They have all these reasons why they are not participating or doing anything or taking office because someone slighted them. Yeah. But this woman, Sister Chin, lying on her hospital bed, one of her lungs, her left lungs, started collecting water and they had to keep pumping it up just to keep her. And just as I was getting set that evening, just resting up in preparation for the journey, I got the call. Sister Chin passed away. And I was so happy that I saw her. I was so happy I spoke to her that morning. I was so happy because I, 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 I could just remember the countenance, her face. She was so content. She was so, even though she was tired, she looked up and with that smile, the willing smile on her face, Sister Pauline Chin looked up. And as I was praying with her and I shared with her my favorite text in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 and Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 and I encouraged her in the Lord and she accepted it and I left that hospital room overjoyed. And the next thing I heard, she passed on. Church, we have to understand each and every one of us, we have a desire to live. None of us in this place wants to die. But too many of us, we, don't, we take what we have for granted. We don't understand the importance of family. And so we ignore our family. We don't understand the importance of our wives. And so we take our wives for granted. 
We don't understand the importance of our husbands, and so we take them for granted. Our children, we take them for granted. We don't understand the importance of the church, and so we take the church for granted. Even the leaders in the church, so we take them for granted. And we don't understand all of that. And so because we don't understand it, we misuse and we abuse these individuals and these institutions. I want you to understand with me, church. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're here for a purpose. Too much we accommodate pew sitters. Just sitting down in church, coming and hallelujah, praise the Lord. But we don't understand the importance of it. Every single one of us want to live. We have a desire to live. But it's how we live. As I conclude... This woman, her name is Karen Anderson. I was reading this on my AOL news about three weeks ago. And I read of this woman. She went to her office, locked her office door, and she took a needle and stuck it into her arm, administering illegal drugs into her arm. And somehow she gave herself too much and she passed out on her desk. The office door was locked because she was the office manager. The office door was locked and so a co-worker came and tried to open up and couldn't and they suspected that something was wrong. They called the janitor. The janitor opened the door and found this lady collapsed on her desk. They called the paramedics and they came and they found that this woman, she had a very low pulse. And in fact, this low pulse went flatline. And they tried to revive her. They tried to revive her and they tried to bring her back, bring her back. And they did everything they could, but this woman was dead. But all of a sudden, she just sprang up and she said these words, I want to live. And then after she passed out again, and she went flatline, and they tried to revive her and try to bring her back up. By this time, she was in the ambulance, and they were trying to administer all the conventions to keep this woman alive. And all of a sudden, she came back again, and she said the words again, I want to live. And then afterwards, she went flatline again. And she was really dead this time. And they figured out that's it, you know. But they tried because they heard these words, I want to live. And so these three ambulance um, paramedics, they were trying to keep her based on the words that she was saying. They said, no, we got we to gotta fight for this woman. And so they fought and fought and fought. And she came back again and she repeated the words again in her subconscious state, I want to live. By this time, they were at the hospital and they rushed her into the emergency room and all the teams of nurses and doctors, they started attending to her and so forth. And she came back and she said it again, I want to live. And that was it. They tried to keep her and sustain her and her breathing now. She was, they were able to hook up the breathing apparatus to her and she was being sustained, but her body was, she was in a coma and she remained in a coma for a couple of days. And eventually she came out of the coma and the last thing that she remembered was that she was sticking a needle in her hand, in her arm, and that was it. That was the last thing. And she's hearing these sounds of these, the, the, the monitors and so forth in the hospital. And she was shocked. Where am I? The ambulance paramedics, they came in and told her the story. When she heard the story, she was shocked. Karen Anderson, 
She was blown away. She could not believe it. She could not remember a thing. In her subconscious mind, she was saying, I want to live. She was not conscious of it. But they heard this. And they were encouraged. And they tried and tried and they kept her alive. I want you to understand, each and every one of us in this place, we want to live. Even that person that's about to commit suicide, truly that person wants to live. It's just that they don't have the solutions. Uh, they don't have the, the way and nobody is there to show them perhaps. And so they desire, their desire is to live. Each and every one of us today, we want to live. The question that I want to ask you, how do you want to live? The Bible tells us in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospereth. Each and every one of us wants to live. God wants us to live, and he wants to have life more abundantly, abundant life. God wants you to live, not just in a regular way. He wants you to live. He wants, to, wants you to understand that God, he wants to infuse his spirit in you, and he wants you to live. There are people in this place, online, on radio, listening here, and in this house of God, you're hearing this word, and you realize that somehow you have not been living your life the way it should be lived. You're realizing that somehow you, there are certain things that's missing in life. Somehow you may have been living your life, and you, you live your life in such a way with regrets and with anger and with a bitter heart. God doesn't want you to live in that way. Christ came that you will live your life in an abundant way. And so God wants you to live your life. He wants you to know on this communion day that you have an opportunity to recommit and reconnect your life. He wants you to know that you are not junk. Yes, your husband may have turned his back on you. Or your wife may have turned her back on you. And you may be a divorcee. And you wonder, what is my life come to? Let me tell you that God has greater in store for you. He has great things in store for you. And he wants you to know that you can live above the storm. He wants you to know that indeed that you are here for a purpose. And as God has brought you into this fellowship... He wants to activate your life. He wants to take your life and bring it on another level. And so as we prepare ourselves for this communion table, this communion table is not just something we are just doing for style and fashion. This is, has true meaning. This show your connection with Christ. As you take the bread, the bread is saying that I want to have Christ living out his life in me bread of heaven as you take the wine you want to say listen I don't want to live in this sinful world anymore I want to I'm looking forward to this place I'm looking forward to a country I'm looking forward to a city whose foundation the builder of it is Jesus Christ and I'm looking forward to this now people I want you to understand too many times we come to church to be entertained it is not about any entertaining thing. God wants you to know in your life he has put so much power in you that as a church, we are going to work together to accomplish great things together in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, do not depend on the pastor. Do not depend on the elders. Do not depend on the deacons or the deaconesses, the leaders. God has given you power. That if you call up on him, he will empower your life. And so each and every one of us here, we have a desire to live. But we want to live our lives according to the will and the dictates of God today. How many of us want to live? If you want to live, 
I want you to stand with me. If this is your desire to live, I want you to stand with me. One of these songs, it says, if you're living and you're living without Jesus, it's nothing. If you're living your life without Jesus, you're not living at all. And I want you to understand that as you stand here, every single one of us, we are afraid of death. We don't want to die. We want to live. We want to live in the Lord. Amen? And so today, I know it's communion, but I have one simple rule. Even if I have to preach a sermon or a sermon, I never finish a sermon without an appeal. And church, as you stand today, perhaps there is someone in this place. You have been living your life. And you want to say, listen, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ fully today. I'm not baptized, but I want to be baptized. I want to surrender my life. I want to live. If that is your desire, I'm asking you to raise your hand with me. You want to live. You have not been baptized, but you are saying, I don't care what. I want to live my life. I want to live my life in Jesus Christ. I'm asking to raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. There's a hand over there. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise them up. I want to live for Jesus. We see some hands over here. Some small hands and tall hands. Please give them a card. I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. Church, there has come a time when you would not be. There's a hand over there. There is going to come a time when you will not be able to even lift your hand. But while it is still daytime, it's important. It's important for you to yield your life to Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, church, I'm going to call those of you that lifted your hands. I want to have a special prayer with you. I'm inviting you to come. If you lifted your hands, I want to have a special prayer. Brother, sisters, I'm inviting you to come. Just come right up. I want to pray with you. I want to live. I want to live. Just come right up. The Lord has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to live. Church, this is what it's all about. Just come right over here. Come right over here, little one. I want to live. I want to live. The Savior indeed, he's waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? As we pray today, just going to ask you, just let's close the circle here. Come. Let us pray. Eternal God in heaven, we come once again before your throne, Lord. We know heaven is rejoicing even now. We pray, Father, that your anointing will descend upon these individuals, young and old, that came up to the front. We pray, Father, that as their desire is to live and to live their lives abundantly in you, Amen. we pray, Father, that you will seal their testimony now and that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you have indeed started a work in this place, and I pray, Father, that you will bless these individuals. Uh, there are some individuals that's in the valley of indecision at this time, Lord. And uh, they are struggling and they're wondering if they should come. But even now, Father, it's not too late. Mm. 
I pray that you will touch them, Father. Anoint them. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will wrap us in your love and bless us. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. 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 Amen. Amen. As we stand, as we are seated now, <laughs> we indeed truly want to live. And church, I want to appeal to you before we enter into our service. What I have seen over the years is that too many of us, we're playing around. We're playing church. One of the reasons that I came here, one of the reasons, I met a group of young people while we were having lunch on the 26th. And these young individuals after service, they go out and they witness and they tell others about Christ. And I was just talking to these individuals and I understood that I saw the zeal that they had, the zeal for God. And I was impressed. I was truly impressed. And I realized that in every church, sometimes many of us, we grow old and we grow indifferent and somehow we or even some of the young ones, they just say, well, I'm not doing anything in the church. But I want to challenge this church. As we make this transition, it is my intent and prayer that every single member will get involved in the ministry of this church. We indeed want to blow this community up. We want to drop a divine atomic bomb on Las Vegas. You know what a preemptive strike is, right? We want to call up some of these from heaven. And we want to win this place for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. It is my prayer that as a church, we will work together, grow together, and take over this place together in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we make this transition into our service, it's very important for us to understand as we uh, participate in this uh, communion service, uh, this communion service is open for everyone. I know we may have some visitors in our midst and you may be wondering, uh, can I participate? The answer is yes. There is none refused, none to be refused in coming to the Lord. He welcomes all. And so today as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, we will celebrate uh, taking the emblems of the broken body and the spilt blood of Jesus Christ. And these are just emblems. Uh, these are symbols. Uh, we don't want anyone to think that there's any magic that happens when you take the bread and it turns into the actual body of Jesus Christ. It doesn't. It is just a symbol that Jesus left for us to do until he comes and until we enter into the city above. And so at this time, I invite the elders to join us as we prepare ourselves for this service.
as we prepare ourselves for this emblem, the broken body of Christ. Christ died that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so as we prepare this, this service is one that we must do in a prayerful manner. We must search our hearts. We must make sure that all things are clear before our God and our Savior. And so as we prepare our hearts, just do so in a prayerful manner. And at this time, we're going to have our scripture by um, Brian Stanford, Elder Brian Stanford. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in, remem in remembrance of me. is going to be offered by Elder Brown. We call upon the God of Abraham and of Isaac, upon Jehovah God, the King of the universe, the God who has given us this ordinance, this service. Lord, we call upon you to take this bread this bread that is a reflection, a symbol of the body of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that this waiting congregation who will receive this bread, looking to be strengthened, looking, Lord, to be encouraged, Lord, we ask that you will bless this bread. And Lord, that this act of consuming this bread, Lord, will strengthen each of us today. And that this service, Lord, in and, of, in and of itself, Lord, will take away the sins that we have accumulated between last communion and this communion. And Lord, that we will leave here today because of our prayers and because of our belief in your son, Jesus, saying that we are clean and free at last. This is our prayer in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
Has everyone been served? Everyone been served? Yes. Praise the Lord. 